What are your thoughts on the mural of Mitch's misfits on the wall at the north entrance to the rink and how they had to white out part of the sign for you so it does not say oh. she last all night long? Jeez. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't want to say it while we were waiting for Matt. I wanted yeah, that reaction you, right you there. You took the reaction out of it. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 27 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey everyone, Rob Gilreath. Hey guys, and Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Uh, this week, after taking a week off, we reached out to assistant coach Tyler Shalas to wrap up the 2022-23 season. Thanks for joining us for our 100th episode, Tyler. Wow, awesome! Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so this week we'll glance over things in Allentown. I'm sure we'll talk about how much fun we had in New York while Matt got to get his gritty on in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, we'll talk about the Joe show a little bit and and kind of recap the season and get Tyler's thoughts on, on this year and the future. Uh, anything else, guys? I feel like I've been bullied to putting the grout fit on, so I'm going to be right back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we, should probably uh, talk, we should probably talk a little bit about... Um what's going on in Mankato at the end of the episode. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor. We'll be right back with Tyler Shalaf. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. Well, welcome back, uh, Tyler. First things first, what are your thoughts on the mural of Mitch's Misfits on the wall at the north entrance to the rink and how they had to white out part of the sign for you so it does not say oh. she last all night long? Jeez. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I didn't want to say it while we were waiting for Matt. I yeah, wanted that reaction you, right you there. You took the reaction out of it. <laughs> I mean, I... You, you, I don't. I, I never know. I never knew it was whited out. I, you never I, noticed, huh? No, I'm just kidding. I've known. I've known. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be, uh, you know, clean family fun, right? So, right. We, that's uh, the most, most important part. I was up there for the St. Lawrence series with my girlfriend, and I was pointing that out to her, and the like ROTC woman uh, standing there guarding that entrance started laughing and she's like thank you so much for saying that because she had no idea and i'm like yeah it's pretty funny right like they actually had to <laughs> wipe that out oh there we go there's gritty matt yeah wow yeah it's pretty <laughs> horrifying <laughs> right <laughs> wow. i don't have the pants the on. 
The pants <laughs> match. The yeah. pants do match, yeah. <laughs> um, That's crazy. <laughs> so how has the transition for you been from being the strength and conditioning coach to being a, a full-blown assistant and doing the recruiting and then even getting placed to be kind of in charge of the defenses after playing forward your whole career? Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's been really good. Um, I guess kind of the the whole thing and you know when I retired and came back in like 14 15 like I didn't you know maybe envision it being kind of this cool and how it turned into this but you know over the past few years I've really just tried to kind of learn from you know or obviously learn from Joe and and Mel and you know Chris like previous coaches and when I got the opportunity I thought that it was um you know I was really excited for it and I love recruiting like I'll, I'll be honest I think you know, creating relationships with people with, um, with their family and, and, you know, trying to bring people to tech. I think that that's kind of the coolest part. Um, you know, you, you just get, you just get to reach out so much farther. And I think it's cool. I think it's cool to build a team. Um, you know, you have the opportunity to do that when you recruit and, um, on the last part with like, just having a big, big role and, you know, running the D and stuff like that, being a forward, I think it's just, I might see things a little bit, maybe inverted, I guess, because I was a forward. Um, but all the tactics and systematic stuff that we're preaching, it's it's kind of all the same. You're just trying to get guys to, you know, not only to buy into it, but but grow and expand their games. Do you think your your background as a forward kind of helped in in getting uh Crespi to transition? Cause you kind of had to go through that understanding yourself as a coach. Yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of the um you know, when, when we have conversations and, and I do bring this up when we have our D meetings, I'm just kind of like, Hey guys, like, you know, I, I was a forward, but I was like my, my intention, you know, off a certain forecheck or my intention off of, you know, certain puck placement is, is going to be to, to put you into this situation as a forward. So um, it, like I said, it kind of gives them a little bit of an inverted view in terms of how they, you know, look at it. But I, I even go as further as saying like, you know, watch, for shot attempts, like watch where the wingers are. Like if the wingers low and he's playing outside the dots, then, you know, I'm kind of working on guys getting their first touch inside so that they can shoot pucks by guys, you know, and vice versa. If the guy is coming up, you know, low inside the dots or like through the hash marks, then we kind of want to push it to the boards and shoot pucks by. So I do have that little bit of, like I said, that inverted view on it, but um, I, I think it's helped. I think, um, you know, you look at, I guess, just from the offense, our, our D had, I think we had like 80 points this year as a defensive course. So, um, you know, guys were kind of understanding that. And Crespi obviously helped immensely with that on his transition. Yeah, I always love watching the D-man step up into the play and, and the, the the coverage you guys get from the forwards dropping back makes it uh, work really well, right? So it's it's fun to watch that aspect of the game continue to be there. That wasn't necessarily there under previous coaches, I don't think, right? So it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's much more dynamic than just sitting on the point. Yeah. And and I mean, I think that's um, you know, so much so much of just just guys also getting outside of their comfort zone. It really starts in practice too, right? Like if if D are, you know, getting comfortable rolling down the wall and like activating in practice during five on five, like OZP type drills or like using their feet to climb above, um, you know, four check coverage, then, 
there is some there is some ability for that to transfer to games. And that's the whole thing. Um, now do we, we have a lot of growth to do on the defensive side of it with like gapping and, and D zone and stuff like that. But um, you know, offensively, like I said, it's just um, I, I like, I'd like to see that growth. And like I said, Jake, Jake was a great um, forward to D transition because he, you know, he, does, he did have great feet and, and he liked to use them and, you know, you don't, you don't want to hold him back on that. Like, obviously the hardest part for him was de- defending and, and, um, you know, gapping and just honestly simply playing one-on-ones, um, which I thought he did a great job, like in the whole package of, or, you know, the whole, the whole, I guess, thought of it, um, you know, and, and he's probably going to move on and play somewhere as, as a defenseman, I would imagine. Yeah. So, how does that conversation come up with somebody to switch like that? Is that a choice of the players, the coaching staff? What what actually drives that? Yeah. So I think um, you know this year with with our honestly just our injuries. Like we, you know, we had like at one point we had Thorn, Russ, Leip out. Um, you know, guys that log a, a ton of minutes. Um, you know, we had Al Nordstrom back there who helped us. You know, early in the year and just just with Jake, we just kind of you know, Joe had the idea to throw him back there and cause he does have good feed and we figured he, you know, could add that offensive element and, and be a really good kind of escape artist from four checks and stuff like that. And just kind of materialized into him being a, a full-time guy. And, you know, obviously at the end of the year, he was, he was a guy that you wanted out there and a guy that was out there, you know, on a power play too. So um, I think for him, it, it really benefited him because it completely transformed his game you know to be successful at the collegiate level um which which i was really happy for him yeah it was definitely the, he made noticeable impacts in the in the second half of the year for sure right so it, it's not yeah. something that that doesn't go unnoticed by by anybody that watched the team so it's, it was good to see you know good. watching him skate up the entire the entire length of the ice with a nice zone entry as opposed to a dump and chase sometimes that we see right is is always a welcome a welcome thing to see, especially when he starts it in the back on his own. You know, oh yeah. Maybe sometimes people don't don't expect it, but he's he wasn't afraid to to hold on to the puck for a while and bring it in his own on his own. He certainly was not afraid to hold on the puck for a while. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. got that. <laughs> One of the most successful things in terms of the D this year is the PK. You know, is that does that come from some of those same habits from the decor side? I mean, obviously you got a couple of forwards out there working with them too, but what, what drove the PK to being so successful this year? Yeah. So I, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I think having a, a coach like Joe um, really just like having obviously been around a long time, but really understanding the game and, you know, like understanding, I, I think, you know, from a, from a goalie standpoint to really being able to see, um, you know, everything that's going on around, around him. So like just watching him, just some of the subtle differences that he would make, you know, whether to cover a bumper guy or how high the D goes, um, you know, whether we're pushing or playing up in a diamond or whatever it is. Um, those are just things that you're, if you're, if you're around Joe and he's, he's kind of coaching our guys on that, um, that leads to success. And a lot of times it's just those subtle differences, um, you know, whether the D holds or whether, you know, the, the, the bumper forward has to take the weak side guy when the net front D goes, whatever it is, um, you know, whatever we decide to do to, on, on a various kill, 
um, you know, Joe has a really good eye for that. And that's something that we're able to kind of, you know, push into our guys. And then ultimately, it, you know, it's, it's making the reads and they have to do the job. But I think a lot of it starts with that, you know, systematic dissection of, of, you know, teams, other teams, power plays. Yeah, it was definitely an amazing high spot for the year watching us sit there I, you know, around, you know, whatever, whether it was one through five and in the country ranking uh, on the PK was pretty awesome to watch, you know, especially yeah. when we're playing teams that uh, are, have good, have good power plays. Yeah. And you, I mean, you know, we obviously fought the power play all year. So, I mean, to, to have the success we had, um, you know, you have to win a special teams battle and, you know, a lot of times we weren't necessarily scoring on the power play, but we weren't giving up a power play goal, which is, you know, if you can, you know, we are a good five on five team, right? Like that's, that's a big deal. I mean, I think there's weeks when we scored more on the PK than we scored in the power play. So <laughs> I don't, I, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> I didn't want to go with that side of things. I was asking about the good side. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Power play, power play was frustrating this year to watch for sure. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it was, did, did Joe or somebody, I don't remember, somebody might have mentioned that you, you want your power play and your PK percentage to add up to something, right? And that yeah. we weren't that far off with it, with how good the PK was, with how yeah. low the power play was, that the number was still all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember who it was. I think yeah, it might have been Jordy. Yeah. Was it yeah. Jordy? Okay. Yeah. That was somebody we talked to. Yeah. What is that number? I forget now. Is it like I, one I actually, 110 or something. Yeah, I think it's 110. Um, you know, but it's I mean, we looked at we you look at it on both sides, right? Like it's at some point yeah. too, um you know, it it is hard to to always win the special teams battle like just killing penalties. You know, at some point too you need to generate um power play goals and um you know where we got with it with with kind of a you know, not necessarily with not necessarily a good power play was, you know, we needed an excellent penalty kill and we had that. So, you know, hoping for next year, we'll have both and I can, you know, to equate even more wins. So what are some said, of the bigger gaps you guys need to fill? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut in on you there. Go on. Go ahead. So what are some of the bigger gaps you're looking to fill with some of the guys that were on there? Who's going to be missed the most? Um, well, I think, you know, we, we obviously, you know, we're losing, you know, Thorny, Light, Crespi, um, you know, I thought OC came in and, you know, did a great job as a, as a, you know, a grad transfer. And I mean, Parker had 20 points, you know, Tristan was close to 20 points. Um, you know, really all those guys, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're going to need guys to, to certainly step up and we're hoping that some of our recruits to come in can, you know, kind of cut into that. And, you know, if we add a couple of portal guys, our expectation is going to be that they're going to be, you know, offensive guys that are, that are going to kind of alleviate some of the points that we're losing from some of those older guys, certainly on D um, you know, it's hard to replace Thorny Liper, OC, Crespi, you know, all those guys, um, you know, but like I said, like um, we want to thrive on growth, you know, Jeb Piedela had a ton of growth. Um, you know, from beginning to middle to end. I mean, you know, he's, he's a guy that did a great job and, you know, he'll be, he'll be there. And, you know, we have some D coming in that we think are going to be good. Like uh, Blake and Logan's brothers, are, you know, phenomenal D, um, you know, he'll be good and we have Russ. So, um, and then we'll see, you know, see how Casper is and, and, 
kind of go from there. We have, you know, Orzi is going to be a, another year. And that's really all you can ask is you, you need to cons- consistently have guys step up. Um, and that's what we'll be looking for. Yeah, it'll be nice They're to a, get a, a, a healthy year out of, out of Russ, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And Russ, you know, he had a, he had like, he had a great off season. He came in ready, you know, he had four goals. I mean, that still might've led our team in D for goals um, by the end of the year, but um, you know, especially big right shot, like sucks not having him. And, you know, we, we tried to kind of get him back to, to being full speed, but it's, it's hard when you miss that much time. Um, I thought he did a good job and, you know, we're happy to have him back and, he'll be a big part of us going forward. Is so, there a decent chance next year we get to torture Dirk with a piedola piedola pairing? Oh, geez. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll get, I'll give you guys that just so you can do it. That's no problem. Fantastic. <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah. No problem at all. <laughs> piedola makes piedola a save piedola. and, and piedola yeah. passes it to piedola. All right. Piedola. Yeah. 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 <laughs> one more year. We can we can yeah. one so, more year. So you mentioned Topi and and Evan. Sorry. Uh what what else are oh, your no, thoughts it's... on the rest of the, the the freshmen now sophomores for next year? Uh is is Oliver healthy and ready to play? I, I don't I know he came in with a with a, a knee injury, right? Yeah, surgery yeah, right before the season. A, yeah, he had a knee injury back home and um yeah, unfortunately missed the whole year. And, and you know what, honestly, like Casper was kind of like a, a, you know, a really weird situation too. He had an injury and um, it was like April um, and basically just, I don't know, didn't get better, needed to have surgery. And that surgery, you know, basically cost him essentially almost the whole year. So, um, you know, we'll see how he is next year. Obviously Evan got in 26, 27 games. Um it's just going to be growth for those guys. Uh, we'll see how they, you know, how they respond to, to a good summer and, and, you know, a good September. And you know, sometimes, especially for freshmen, you, when they come in, like their eyes tend to be pretty wide open. Um, you know, if you you want to play the next year and you want to have impact, then um, take what, you know, you're being coached, take your, take everything you did in the summer, all the skill work you did and all the strength work you did. And, um, you know, take a step, your eyes shouldn't be, I shouldn't be wide open anymore. You should be, you know, experienced. And we do expect that from freshmen. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, but by the second half of the year, you want to see guys, you know, not necessarily making the same mistakes. You want to see, you want to see that change and that growth. And that's something they can carry into their sophomore year. Another year of development and see who, uh, who steps up and is ready for a bigger role, huh? Yeah. All those yeah. Guys. And I mean, it's, you know, we're, it's, we, we need to, you know, we, we need to add, you know, um, potential portal D just cause we, we, we are fairly inexperienced back there. And that's, you know, that's something that we need to add. Um, the year after we pretty much, I think have three coming in for sure. So, um, you know, you don't want to overload it too much for some of the kids that we, that we really like coming in. Um, so we're, I mean, we're excited about, you know, what, what we have and we think it'd be a really good year and, but you, but you do need to have D that have played. Um, you look at our grad transfers, like Michael Carroll, like did phenomenal for us, like great, great step in, um, you know, OC, another guy played, you know, 20 plus minutes a night and came from a big program. So um, that'd be our expectation if we do add someone like that. 
I know you mentioned Chase. I don't have the the other two guys signed, and can you talk to about them at all and the kind of game they bring for next year? So, year? um, like, so we have, uh, oh yeah, so we have Nick Williams. Yep. Uh, yeah, like undersized, good skating D. Um, yeah, he should be good. You know, he plays in the USHL. Um, that the like, only thing with you know undersized D once again is is the size, strength, and pace of you know, college, like older guys and stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he'll be 21. He'll come in. Um, it's not like he hasn't played against high skill players and stuff like that. So that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, Cameron Moger, yeah, out of the BC league, uh, big, kind of almost too mean for that league, actually. Um, but could end up being like a really good, um, just hard D, um, big, like, like I said, he's like 6'2", 6'3". Um, he'll need a big summer. Needs He's kind of slight for you know, being a 20 year old, but great kid. Um, and like I said, he, he does have some bite. He does have some nastiness and, um, Joe knows his, Joe knows his dad and his dad was a, you know, a nasty player. So Sandy Moger at Lake state. So his dad, his dad, his dad had some bite and Cam's pretty similar. So, you know, there's, there, there's some good things there too. Now, I don't know, Dustin, if you recognize Nick Williams, but he played at Edina. A while ago, but he played at a Dinah. Uh, so from a recruiting perspective, where have you been hitting it hard to, and where do you have your connections to try and help you know, get the recruits that Joe keeps talking about? And I, and I know we have some of them, I think coming in next year in the future, but he keeps talking about how we need to get better at recruiting and, and how much, of an impact you and Jordy have had on that, but where, where are your good connections and, and where, how are you working to, to improve that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, if you look at tech historically, they're, they're fairly split in terms of, um, you know, Canadian, I think American type players, you know, we're a little bit different than, you know, Minnesota with like development program type kids. So I think, um, you know, a, a big deal when I got into my situation last year was trying to get us, you know, back into Canada and the BC league and the Alberta league. And, um, you know, even Saskatchewan, like we have, you know, Matthew Van Blair committed out of Humboldt as a 16 year old. And um, I go there and, you know, what watched him and watch midget and stuff like that. And then on the other end of it, um, you know, you can kind of see we have a little bit of a finished pipeline going here, um, which, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to disclose too much on that. But, yeah, um, you know, it's we we have a very Finnish-based heritage, you know, up in Michigan Tech. And I think those kids fit. I, I like I love our I love our Finns. They 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 fit right in. And um, I would expect that to continue. I think if we're if we're looking at the number of European players that want to come over, um you know, I think for our program, I think bringing bringing those guys over, especially you know potentially national program kids and and you know guys that play at the world stage, um, those are the types of kids that we want. Um, you know, if we're bringing over European kids, and you know both our fins that are coming in next year are, you know, like uh, you know U twenty, like they're they're going to the second stage of the World Junior Camp next week in Slovakia. So, um, you know they're. We're, we're thinking that those are probably the right types of kids and just kind of growing that. And then obviously from, 
you know, an American standpoint in the USHL, uh, you know, Jordy and I were in San Jose uh, for five days recruiting the 16s and 18s and really just starts at that, you know, looking, watching those kids and talking to them if you like them and then watching them at the Slacks Festival and um, pinpointing them and then maybe going to the USHL camp that they're at and maybe offering them before that or if you, you know, seeing them at the USHL camp and then offering them there and that's kind of how you get the Americans into the USHL. And yeah, I, I think that's kind of the plan is there's really no, um, nowhere that's off limits. There's nowhere that, you know, I personally won't recruit, um, you know, like I said, anywhere in Canada, you know, pretty much anywhere in Europe. Um, you know, we primarily, I think if you look at, you know, Kyle, like Kukinen, like USHL player, you look at, um, you know, Brian Holland and Bliss, Bratzman, guys like that all played in USHL and um, not that other leagues aren't, aren't great leagues. Um, it's just in the U.S. they've kind of created a little bit of the funnel, you know, into into being the best league and done a good job at it. And players that can kind of survive in that league and thrive, um, you're seeing them come to college and, you know, have success like Kyle and, and LP and, 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 you know, Blake as a goalie, right? So, right. What's uh, what's kind of driven the movement toward the Europe side of things? That's definitely a newer thing for us, right? I can remember as a kid, like one or two guys came over, you know, from Europe. It seems to be a, a pretty decent trend now. Is it just uh, the pool needs to get bigger, basically, with more programs, or what's what's kind of driving that? Yeah, so um, I think, like, just honestly, like a lot of the kids, um, like if you're a if you're a non-import um in your country you know and like say take finland for example like if you're playing in like the second finish league um you know you're not necessarily making a ton of money now the top guys you know that play in the league and stuff like that make decent money um but you know swedish third league whatever czech second league like that's where a lot of those like young you know mid-tier guys play in um and if they sign those pro contracts they don't make a ton of money so what they're kind of starting to want to do is you know, come over and play in the USHL and, and go to college. Um, and that's really, I think probably the, the, the biggest thing is that the, the money um, to be a pro and maybe not be a top end pro is, is not that good if you're not important. So, you know, a lot of those kids want to come over. And like I said, like, if you look at like the USHL and you look at the North American league, like there's a ton of Europeans, like, um, and that's why they want to come over is because they want to, you know, college hockey is going to kind of extend, obviously extend their career. And I think too, like looking at it, you know, a little bit through their eyes, like, um, you know, they say they come to Michigan tech, they play four years, say they're a really good player. Um, maybe they have the opportunity to, you know, sign a pro contract over here, but if they don't, um, they can certainly go back home and, and play in the top league and, you know, make money and extend their, their, you know, hockey career. Whereas, you know, making low money, um, it's a, I mean, some of those kids are, they sign junior pro contracts at like 17, um, you know, so they're, they're really, they're really ineligible very, very early. Um, you know, I don't know if, I mean, I'm assuming clubs probably want to do that because, you know, then they can feed or system their clubs, but it's not like a lot of those kids are making money. So it's just kind of more, I think where hockey's going is just, you know, those kids see college hockey, obviously social media is, extremely big these days so they're it's not like they're shut out um 
you know, shout out to North America and what's going on. Right. So that's why they want to come over and, and, and experience that. That's really yeah, interesting. interesting. We, we got, got to gonna... watch, I was over in Europe earlier this year, watched a Swiss league game and the level definitely wasn't, you know, even for the, the top league in the country. Right. It, it, I would put it below D1. Right. Yeah. I've watched better games than the Guinness. Then I got to watch at a professional game in Switzerland. So, you know, it's, it's the level is definitely different. There's no, no doubt about that in my mind. So it makes sense that if you're going to try to make it for yourself, coming over here, D1 is not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just gonna, you know, and obviously you have families that, you know, value, value education and, and stuff like that too. So, you know, being able to come over and, and get an education from, you know, Michigan tech or Harvard or wherever they're going and, you know, being able to kind of prolong that, anytime you can prolong, you know, playing hockey and stuff like that, we'll get an education is, is probably a good thing. I would think. Yeah, that definitely seems like a great reason to come over here. If it, you know, the, the best thing that happens is it puts you in, in front of the eyes of some people that are going to give you more money. And the worst thing that happens is you, you know, you hopefully walk out with a degree and I think that's going to be a big appeal of it. So um, do you kind of see, cause you know, European players in the NCAA are nothing new, but now with, the advent of social media and players kind of catching on to this being a way that they can prolong their careers and make more money. Do you see like uh, uh, a more of a European infiltration to NC- the NCAA for lack of a better term? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, it's, there's obviously, I don't know. I don't know how, how crazy it'll like, I mean, there's, there's going to be more coming over, but they still have to have the ability to, you know, succeed like to, to play division one, you know, like, like St. Cloud has um, two really good finished players. Like they have a really good finished player going in next year. Um, you know, so, so they understand like, Hey, we can, we can kind of get those kids and, and kind of bring those types of kids in. Um, there will be more for sure. I mean, like I said, if you just look at the USHL, you look at the North American league, there's, you know, a ton of Swedish players that came over this year. Um, a few Finns, a lot of Latvians, um, have come over because once again like um you know from a league standpoint like they you don't want to come over and i mean they ultimately want to get an education but like i said there's um the the lower paying pro leagues don't pay that much and kind of pencils you into you know not being able to you know make a ton of money and if you do make it yeah you get to make a ton of, you get to make good money but reality is is that's not um that's kind of few and far between, I think, for a lot of those kids. It's better to, you know, like like if you're going to be a little bit of a late developer, it's better to, you know, come over here, play junior, um, you know, play in, play in a North American league, play junior. If you age out of 20, but you get a scholarship, then you can play another four years. You get a degree um, because really in like the Liga and like the high end, you know, Swedish league and stuff like that, like you're playing against men, like you're, you know, you're playing against guys like NHLers, you know, when they're Swedish NHLers that are done playing in the NHL, they go over there and they play and they're 32, 33 years old. Like those are good high-end players um, in those top leagues, you know, and a lot of times if you're a, like you're an 18 year old kid that's getting called up for a junior pro contract and you're playing against like 33 year old men, um, it's tough. And you see that in the league. Like I said, the finished second league is, um, I think just, you know, it's just okay. The Swedish second league is, is decent. Um, you know, I don't really know. I don't know a ton about the Czech league, but I'm assuming it's a similar situation. And that's why you're kind of seeing a, 
you know, that type of migration over here. So the two fins you mentioned coming in next year, you, you said they have the opportunity to possibly miss some time in the, uh, uh, around Christmas time. Is that what you're saying? And yeah. I, in the world junior championship? Or? I don't, um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to put too much pressure on them. Um, I, I, I mean, like if, just the fact that they're in a camp trying to get a spot on those teams is, is yeah. pretty good for us from, uh, yeah. 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 The, yeah. the way they do it is they, um, you know, they have a, well, they had like the U19s. So, um, they were both on that. And then this next camp is actually like the U20 camp. Um, that's kind of like their, like their spring camp for, I would imagine their, you know, their winter camp for the world juniors. So, um, you know, they're, they're both there. They both have, they both do well in that. Um, you know, one of them, I know he's been on the, he's been in the national program since U16. So, um, it's not that far out if he, if he comes to tech for or both of them and they have a really good start, um, you know, but Finland is a really good team too. Like they, you know, yeah. they first rounders. Um, so it'd probably be a little more role-based, but, um, just the fact that they're getting to go to that, we're, we're happy and, you know, wishing, wishing the best at that. Well, I mean, the Finns and the Swedes coming over just got to go wide. We take a six-hour, you know, plane ride and a four-hour <laughs> bus ride to just go home. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest, it's pretty dang similar. <laughs> Jeez, I wish it was only six hours. Holy man, that's a trip. I guess that's I, a trip. Yeah, it's. It, uh, I've not been to Finland, but I've been to Sweden, and my first thought of Sweden when going around Stockholm was like, this looks just like Houghton. But the stuff's different. People are talking funny. Oh, yeah. That's the only difference here. <laughs> Probably, yeah. My best, my best Finland story was like the first time I'd ever been there last year, and um, you know, I just booked a, I booked like a hotel, like some like in Helsinki, and so I get, um, you know, I get to the lobby, I basically pull in, like get out of my car, and I go in. I'm like, okay, checking in. I'm like, you know, here's my keys, and the, the lady's like, well, we don't you park it and I'm like where's your parking lot she's like you park on the street and it's like 9 30 night Helsinki <laughs> like I'm like like it's I mean it's it's jammed like they're up on the part they're up on the like the sidewalk <laughs> way. and it's like pouring rain so like I'm driving around I end up like I'm like probably like two miles from the hotel I end up parking I'm like it's like pitch black I'm trying to walk weave through like just a bunch of parks like I have no idea where I'm going but I know I can see the hotel going from point A to point B, I'm like, I just have to remember like in the morning how to walk back to my car. Um, <laughs> and this is like, this is after like traveling like all day, like not sleeping, stayed up, you know, just seven hour time difference. Like, it, you know, it's not <laughs> Helsinki and I'm like, I am not having it. Like, <laughs> so yeah. So I learned like always, always look for uh hotels that have parking lots in Helsinki. Uh, that's, that's the first <laughs> Like, there's no way am I, no way am I going through that again. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's been real cool to see that, that pipeline open up with the heritage style open up. Right. I mean, those guys have to have an interesting reaction when they realize, you know, they're coming to a place where, you're going to see Finnish flags flying every day. You know, it's got to be an interesting reaction for those guys to, to get over here and go, oh, what the heck, you know, and to hear, 
if they ever run into some of the older locals to hear the weird dialect that they all speak, it doesn't make much sense to them anymore, probably anymore either, because it's oh, yeah. hundred and some years old, basically at this point, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've, um, you know, definitely just have, have shown up and, and obviously our guys are really accepting of, you know, anybody, anybody on the team as well, but it's, it's, it's kind of just been a really good, you know, setup for them. Um, they're, they're not, it's honestly not that different. Like you, you see a picture of, you know, someone's cabin in the woods, like in somewhere in Finland. That's, <laughs> <Yep>. that's, that's, <laughs> that's the UP and they have the sauna. It might've been a cousin that built it in both places. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, you know, we, we, we love having them and, you know, obviously continue to add more and, and, um, you know, a lot of them come up with, um, like ed- educational parents as well too, like where, you know, they went to college and stuff like that. And, and that's, that's a huge fit for them because a lot of them, you know, when they're looking into it, like their parents are like, how's your school, you know, what's, what's your education like? So we're fortunate to be able to, you know, kind of have, you know, that level of education um, to go along with the hockey and the similarity to Finland. That's, that's really important. So it's, 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 you know, why we, why we have to do it and and why we like to do it. Like I, that was, that was a big thing that, you know, Joe wanted me to get into and, um, you know, we're into it. So it's good. And you get, uh, they get send them out to Chassel and they can read stories and finish to some of the kids, you know, yeah. classes <laughs> in Finn at this point, they don't have to read in English. To the kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like home, just, just the same yep. as home. Do you get a chance to catch up with Pekka when you're out there? You know what? Him and I, um, yeah, we, we, we talk a lot, actually. Um, he's, he's been really helpful. He kind of, kind of was the guy originally, um, you know, like, honestly, I had no idea. I just kind of had to kind of had to dig and he was kind of a guy that really just, you know, I'm pointing me in the right direction. Like, Hey, like, you know, where do I go for this, for hockey? Um, you know, cause obviously as a first year coach and, um, you know, didn't know a ton of agents and stuff like that. And he was, he was really good. Like he connected me with a couple of people. We talk, you know, routinely, um, you know, if, if um, sometimes he knows the kids, like he's, you know, he's, um, he is up in like the Pelicans organization and stuff like that. And our players has played for Pelicans. Um, I don't know if he's ever like talked or, or met Laurie, but certainly was like, Oh yeah, I know him, you know, like good player, like, you know, stuff like that. So um, just, just really good, really good guy. Um, you know, we've kind of stayed in touch like throughout the years, but now it's like obviously much more, um, you know, just because of the, because of the setup we have. Marvin Wilson wants to know, what are your thoughts on Hastings to Wisconsin and how, how will the, the cows react to what kind of ripple effect does, do you expect in the CCHA, if any? Well, I mean, I would, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't want the ripple effect to be that, um, you know, there's opportunity and, you know, for, for us to take the step, um, that's, that's what I want. You know, you talk to Jordy, you talk to Joe, that's, um, you know, now we do have to do what we have to do internally, but, um, you know, Hasey taking the job, like wish him all the best with that. And, um, it's obviously a great job. I'm sure Wisconsin will be, um, you know, a really good team in two or three years, but, you know, with Wisconsin or with Mankato not having a coach and stuff right now, it's, you know, it's on to us. Like if that's the doors cracked, then, 
we, you know, we better kick it down and kick it open and take advantage of, you know, potentially the opportunity to, to be that team. Like I, I, I want to be that team. I want to, you know, I want to be a team that wouldn't be a team that wins, you know, seven league championships in a row and makes a tournament every single year and has a chance to win the national turn, win the national championship. Um, you know, you're going to put me, you're going to put me in a straight jacket if I have to raise money for a bus seven straight years, but I'll do it. Hey, <laughs> hey, if we start making it seven straight years, you know, we got to start funding you guys for that. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why we're in it. You know, that's, yep. that's what we want. And, um, you know, that's like, it, it goes back to all that too. Like just, you know, the, the hours you spend with the guys on the ice and then, you know, going, you know, 22 hours to recruit and, and, you know, driving this or flying to Saskatchewan or recruiting, that's, it's, it's all for that. Um, you know, it's obviously for the kids and, and the experiences that they get from tech. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that when kids come to tech and, and you're in a winning culture and they're winning and it's, that's pretty fun. Um, you know, and like, it's not like our guys didn't love winning 25 games this year, you know what I mean? The tournament, like, um, that's a good feeling. And that's a feeling that we should, that's our expectation. That's, that's really the first expectation is that we should, you know, be in that situation every single year. Um, you know, I might be a little bit bullish on it, but that's, that's what I want. And that's what I believe. And if we, if we don't, I, I, you know, I, I want to, we need to look at things a little bit differently, but I have high goals for us and, and I think we should. Well, I think you should. I mean, especially after this year where, where, you know, Joe himself was, was concerned and, and maybe feeling like it's more of a rebuild. And then you kind of turn it into more of a reload year. And I know, I know Joe talked a lot on the, the radio show this morning about how it, like he made some joke about how he won, he's won three coach of the year awards, I think. And all three of them, he either he's had always had a ridiculously good goal. or Ryan Miller. Yeah. <laughs> so. There you go. <laughs> really good goalie makes me look really good. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it absolutely does. But um, yeah, that's you know that's a that's that's a big deal. Like I said, it's it's all about um, you know you want to always manage your expectations, but our expectation should be to 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 push and and push for a championship every year, and you know try to win a national championship. And if you, I mean, those aren't goals, then you know, inside our program, then probably shouldn't be in our program. And if that's on my goal as a coach, then I probably shouldn't be a coach. I will say it's it's wonderful as, as someone who grew up in Houghton and went to games since I was little to see how different things are from when I was at the rink as a kid, right? I mean, when I was little, it was literally running around doing anything because there was, you know, maybe a thousand people in the arena and things were rough, right? I mean, we we would literally run in and out of the back of the locker rooms and get sticks from Roy because no one was there to care. <laughs> That's uh, a little different with how things are these days, right? The place is packed. You know, Joe and Dirk mentioned on the show today that uh, even attendance over last year is up like 600 people on average. Yep. You know, that's that's awesome. It's yep. absolutely wonderful to see, and it pisses me off that I live in Wisconsin instead of Houghton still because I can't be <laughs> at the games every weekend. <laughs> yeah. You're trying yeah, to no, that awesome, far, Rob. You can do it. No, I do it as much as I can. Right. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's different than, than being there and being able to go every single week. Yeah. in and out like everybody gets to you know that's back home and 
the student section's rocking. The the, yeah. the 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 other side of the rink, the community side, is just as full. And yep. then you're even seeing nights when there's Houghton Hancock and Calumet games, and the rink's still not getting impacted by that, right? A, a yep. home Houghton or Hancock or a home Calumet game ruined the attendance in the in the McGinnis back in the day, right? So yeah. that's not happening anymore. Tech's become where it should be again, the number one thing to watch in town for hockey. It's not high school programs anymore. It's awesome. I love it. I agree. I agree, yep. Yeah, and I take a quick sidestep from that. When you're when you're recruiting in Europe, we talked to Jordy about this. You should show him some Misfits footage and be like, "Hey, the fan culture here is not too much different than home either." <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I should do. All that. we need is a cage to stick the away fans in. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Northern could use a couple cages for sure. Um, <laughs> so, so when you do bring recruits in for visits, how much, like the facilities obviously have been upgraded and that locker room looks awesome. And, and the, the everything college hockey video was great kind of showcasing how much that's improved. And, and obviously the, uh, the Kyle Kukinen Minnesota high school tournament commercial did a great job of oh, showing man, off the that hallway. Was, that was fantastic. And everything. Yeah. But, but how much of an impact does, does like the student, the, the the misfits have on recruiting when you get a kid oh, in the building yeah it's 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 huge it's um you know like i said it's you know kind of just a, a like a remote smaller town so you can kind of um you know people don't necessarily see you know what it's like then all of a sudden they get to a game and it's like they're seeing the student section and they're like mission mission. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. Like it's so loud and they're chanting or you have the newspapers, you know, over, <laughs> over your face covering and stuff like that. And it's um, that's, that's the biggest thing. And like when kids want to, you know, come to a place with like a great environment um, that's a big deal. You know, they, they like, cause it is, it is fun. Like it's um, it's always enjoyable playing in front of, you know, loud, big crowds and where students are, you know, maybe they're chirping you or whatever, or um, that's, <laughs> you're just, you're just engaged. And um, so it, it does play a big part, like the, the environment and, you know, everything with that, that's a huge part of our program. And that's, those are things that, you know, we, you know, if kids aren't there live, like those are things that we're, you know, taking videos of them, sending to recruits, like, Hey, like, check this out like this is this was like every night like you know it's one of the best places to play in the country and it's just enjoyable um you know that's i i always love doing it and and like i think that's a huge part of our recruiting is is showing just truly what our environment is yeah and and i know we don't need to talk much about the game itself but that was one of the the things that i love most about allentown was you know, we put a lot of work in to get an extra bus for the Misfits and get them there uh, and to have, you know, what, 68 of them or whatever it was get to come to the game. And even with the way that game went, they were loud. I like I don't know what the Penn State fans think themselves, but it sure felt to me like we out cheered them in spite of that result. And it was amazing I know Bethlyn bugged me a lot about what it was like because she didn't make it because she was playing in some state broomball tournament instead of going to Allentown. But yeah, Bethlyn, if you want to know what it's like, go to the game. Uh, but it was like, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, I didn't spend much time recording videos because I was 
too frustrated with the hockey itself, but the but the misfits and the fa- and the tech fans that we stood behind, like they were they there, were there in was it less... the whole game trying to get the team. It it felt a lot like they were doing a really good job of keeping the energy in the building, in spite of the result, and and it and it was great to see because you know we put a lot of effort to get them there. And I didn't want them sitting on their hands even when it, when when the game itself got out of hand. They were trying everything they could to help you guys get over that hump and get a goal and try and get back in that game for the whole game, not just yeah. not just the first period or the second period. Like they were into it the whole game, and that was that was awesome and great to see. And and I'm very proud to to have created that such a long time ago. I. I hate that it's 20 years already, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <Give me both. laughs> but, but uh, yeah. And, and it's just amazing what it's done. And, and, and like Rob said, like one of the best things that might've happened was, was the COVID year. So then when it, everybody came back, they were like, Oh, I guess we can all stand now. We didn't even know that only the misfits section L used to stand, right? Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. And so that's kind of cool how that stuff kind of happens. And, yeah. and everything else so yeah very proud of what they did and and them you know taking a couple school days out of their out of their hard uh uh schedule to to hop on a bus and spend you know 20 hours with, <laughs> of, of which they got to see the northern lights in the rearview mirror for a while which was kind of cool but uh and then have to take a detour and take like a twenty-one or twenty-two hour ride bus ride home yeah. because of the storm going through the UP through in the eastern UP. Didn't want to get up to the bridge and be afraid it was closed. So it was it was really cool to see them uh do what they did and, and the other big shout out goes to Trevor Herrick, who's the 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 ticketing manager for the Phantoms, who who did a great job in helping us get group ticket rates which helped make it a lot easier for the misfits so that uh we actually ended up and not that i wanted this to happen because if i would have rather we won and had to find another way to pay for the tickets but we got such uh, discounted tickets that the tickets we sold for sunday paid for their tickets so they didn't have to pay tickets but trevor also worked hard to make sure that we were allowed to bring the flags in because they were in the top of a section the only people affected by those flags were the scouts watching the game from from the rail up there in the in the press box but uh it was great that uh, you know Trevor certainly helped make it memorable because he got it you know a lot of these regionals the people in charge just look at it as like a pro game and don't get how much the college part of it is important to the atmosphere and he did a really good job of of understanding that and letting us bring in flags and letting the misfits stand and be by the pep band and, and get to be what they are and not, and not neuter it in some way because it's, it's not what the, the arena is used to. And and that was awesome. It really was. Yeah. I think that's all we need to talk about Allentown. Um, Probably. <laughs> We're uh, on to next year. On the next year, we'll, we'll we'll pop that graphic into the the MTU memes, right? I stopped doing it after it didn't work the second time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so Tyler, you got a, you got the uh, opportunity to play some uh some pro hockey. You made it to the NHL for a little bit as uh, Tem is doing a great job of showcasing there. But uh, I've got a buddy Sam Horn who's wondering what's the best chirp you've ever heard. 
Oh, I don't know. You can you can take this any direction you want. We can put the explicit tag on the podcast. You can say whatever uh, you want. We can put this on Patreon only. Sam Sam's not a patron, but we can. He's not. No, that's why that's I wait until we're done with all of them. Yeah. So it's. I mean, I'll 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 keep it pretty good, but because this was actually pretty funny. But um, we were uh, we we're playing. We were playing at North Dakota. And uh, I don't know, you, I don't know if you know, like you probably know it, but like around the penalty box, like the students are like, they're all like, it used to be, they're all over you. Um, so this guy he keeps like, he's like reaching over and keeps tapping me on the shoulder. <laughs> like, and he's like, Hey, he's like, Hey, he's like, like, how's Maryland? How's Maryland? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who Maryland is. I don't know who Maryland is. He's like, you don't know who Maryland is. And he pulls out a picture um, and Marilyn's my mom, and he's like, "You don't know who Marilyn is," and he shows me, and he's like, "I know Marilyn's your mom," and I just start laughing, and I'm just like, "No, I'm like, I'm like, you did your homework." I'm like, "I'm proud of you." I'm like, "I can't even be mad." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like "Good for you." I mean, I know that's PG, but I just kind of laughed. I was like, "I'm like, come on, man!" Like, um, so he did, he did a good job. I was proud of him. I mean, he had a picture of my mom. He knew my mom's name. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was interesting. So it was good. I kept yeah, it. All those personal, all those personal details are so easy to find now. But you know, back when you were playing, there was actual research that had to go into that. Yeah, that stuff. was that's a, that's an impressive <laughs> level of research for oh, the time. Yeah. Just just hack the Facebook or something. Like that. <laughs> oh come on! I, I, I think it, I think it's in the. I I would assume it would have been in the yearbook back then as to who your parents were. The yearbooks yeah. weren't Fisher. available online as much easier though. It's not like uh, you know they're everywhere easy to find. I still have a Jamie Russell era PDF of the yearbook that was online. Dave Fisher did that because I had I saved that because yeah, all enough. that stuff is so much harder to sort through now. So whereas that's like I have like a nice five page PDF that has every game Michigan Tech played from the beginning to like two thousand five. You just need you need Doctor Spruill's book these days now. And that's all you need anymore. Yeah, well, <laughs> right? that's not in PDF where I can search. <laughs> yeah, sure I still gotta not. I still gotta add some pages for the records that get broken, like when Blake breaks records and stuff, because I know he's broken a few that need to be updated in there. But yeah, was there anything else we wanted to ask Tyler, or anything else you wanted to say, Ty, to, to the tech fans out there? Just uh, honestly, really appreciate your support. Um, you know, it's 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 actually an honor. Like, um, I don't know if you know when I first played at Tech. Like, if if you truly, um, you know, you truly see how how caring and like how you know how involved people are. You know, all the way through Mitch's Misfits. Like, I think that that's you know such a lifeblood of our program is just our fan base. Um, you know, and I, as, as I'm, you know, getting a little bit older and stuff like that and now a coach, like I, I, I really see it. Um, and I love it and I just appreciate it. Like it's, it's the greatest thing. And and then you, you want to, you know, we want to do well for, for, for everybody because there's so much history. There's so much, you know, so much love put into the program and, um, you know, you, you, all everybody you know you you deserve you deserve the best and and that's you know that's how we see it and and that's really all i want to say that's that's just how important everybody is to us well thank you and thanks for coming on the podcast today uh we really appreciate having you on now that we had the entire staff on this season that's that's pretty cool for us i think 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you guys got me on and I, I appreciate, I appreciate being on. That's great. Oh, good. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks Tyler. Thanks Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Thank you. All right. Uh, we'll take a brief break and uh, we'll chat a little bit about some other stuff. I'm sure. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. So anything from the Joe show, Rob, or did anybody else get to listen? I There there was one quote that he started pretty much the podcast off with that I, I thought was pretty hilarious. But it was the basically, I'm a whiny little baby and I need to get over it. Yeah, that was, that was really good where he was talking about about how he was pissed off like all the way till after yeah. he'd gotten home and and it took until he went out shopping to get something and some kid at the store said something went to, him to McDonald's he... to get some coffee. Yep. Yeah. I was like, really, Joe, you go to McDonald's for your coffee in, in Houghton? But that um... was my first thought. Was, what the hell is he not going to like Kaliva or Sumi to get some coffee? Or or that he probably gets he's probably looking for a place where he doesn't have to chat someone's ear off for three hours yeah. while getting well, a coffee. Drive, that's probably yeah. what it is. You drove you go to the drive through, you get somebody that's probably at the dorms <laughs> that doesn't even go to games because they're working and he goes away without anyone having a t- take yeah. talk his ear off for half wanna, the day. Oh no. He probably doesn't want to wait no, in line he's... at that coffee shop that's on the way up the hill that always seems to have a line in the morning for coffee whatever that he one is he said he had uh that one of the guys the guy at the coffee shop actually asked him what the heck happened at the game at mcdonald's in the drive-thru so he still gets it he just yep. can drive away after he gets his food <laughs> yeah. that's true he can just be like listen to the radio show see you later <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that was pretty good so yeah uh, I, I laughed pretty hard about that the other little bits there you know he mentioned where larson's going right i think we talked about that in the discord already where he's ended up at msu right, it, for, it is now Northern. official but that was kind of funny <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't official when i saw it no it wasn't it, official but... when he recorded the episode but it is now that larson's going to michigan yep. State. um and the only other thing is he explained kind of nardella's background right i don't know if we've talked about that a little bit in the discord as well but uh basically nardella's got some family history in italy and He's kind of looking to make a jump that way after this year to, to play professionally over there. Where his, I think he said his dad plays over there, or yeah, his dad and, is coached over there. His dad is, uh, I think his grandpa is Italian. I don't know if his dad is, but his dad is has enough Italian to be able to be probably not be an import over there. Is my guess. Uh, like sure, Patan. kind of similar to Patan, like with Jordan. exactly. So and well, Jordy mentions Jordy too. When he and Jordy that. in Switzerland. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the. Um, so, so, 
what was the other thing I was going to say? Shoot, I lost it. Yeah, but anyway, just while we're here and you're thinking of that, if you got a chance to see the world and you can do play hockey while you oh. do it, then have fun. So yeah, good, and it good on like, you, Nick. It seemed like the difference between Nardella and Thorne when it came to senior night is that Thorne probably already has enough credits and is going to graduate like this semester, whereas Nardella needs to take a couple classes this summer in order to graduate. And that's probably right. why he didn't participate in senior night even though they probably knew he was gone um so that that makes some sense there um yeah i think that was about it um but yeah i think it was a pretty good podcast overall nice chat with tyler anything else well i guess we should talk more about the whole hastings thing ourselves i know we we did our whole 35 minute chat with uh tim rapley about the Wisconsin opening and we kind of wondered you know both the perception of how good a job Wisconsin would be from from a from an outside perspective from coaching candidates but also how much you had to wonder after the failed experiment with Tony Granado uh not Don Granado like I screwed up Bob there <laughs> and his, his, uh, whatever moment but uh I'm Ron Burgundy Ron Burgundy moment yeah <laughs> um, but the other side was after that failed experiment with Tony Granado how much Wisconsin would be willing to back up the Brinks truck again for the hockey team especially with all the money they're currently dumping into the football team with their new coach and and how much they have done a good job with basketball over the last decade and how hockey has clearly become third fiddle at Wisconsin when it didn't used to be that at all. Um, but but we were wrong. Uh, Wisconsin found another Brinks truck and backed it up to Mankato. And, uh, and uh, I don't blame uh, Mike Hastings for leaving. Uh, when he basically doubled his salary plus bonuses. Uh, pretty sure he is now the highest paid college hockey head coach. I think he's making like 80 grand more than Motsko. I don't know anybody else that's close to that. I assume the that were numbers published for uh, Narado when he got his tag removed in a five-year deal. I don't know if I saw numbers for him. But I'm guessing he's not close to making seven hundred grand a year before uh, bonuses. Uh, but then the next big speculation was uh, Todd Connaught should be the the new head coach of Mankato, sign him up right away. And now we hear that not only is he is he not doing that, but more than likely he's going to Wisconsin to keep doing what he's been doing. And the the funniest thing through all of this was I reached out to a friend and, and asked him his thoughts on, on the whole thing and, and whether or not Mankato would go with Connaught or what they would do. And, and his immediate reaction was, if I'm Todd, I'm going to Wisconsin because the last, yeah, why wouldn't he? The last 11 years have worked being Hastings assistant. Why would I like, I'm a really good recruiter. I'm really good at that role. Why not follow him, take the, and it sounds like there's another Brinks truck backing up that he would probably get paid as much as he was going to get paid to be Mankato's head coach kind of thing. 
Uh, we won't know that yet. Apparently, according to uh, Maluski, they can't even hire assistants officially, at least till I think till the end of the week. I don't know if that has something to do with the timing of hiring the head coach. Once that's official, they have to wait a week or something. I don't know. but So we won't hear numbers on what Todd's getting at Wisconsin, but we all assume that's what's happening there. And then, uh, like, I know we talked a lot about that, and there's been a lot of questions in Discord about that and what it means to the CCHA, and a lot of people are questioning, you know, how bad the CCHA looks in all of this. And honestly, from my perspective, the CCHA looks fine because the CCHA has always been looked at as, like, I don't think the perception has changed. Like, I think the last few years have been... Mankato and the Little Sisters of the Poor are the CCHA. Like it's like Mankato was the one and there was this giant gap to the rest of the teams. And I don't think it hurts the perception of the rest of the league because the perception of the rest of the league was not very high. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that, if you kind of agree with that sentiment or not, but that's my perception of things that this is really about this really hurts Mankato's perception, but not the CCHA to me. Yeah, I think that's probably right. If anything, it'll it'll drive more parity in the end if, if Mankato falters a bit and maybe stops some of those worries of them getting snatched away and that they were missed by not going to the NCHC and all that kind of chop chatter that's been kind of the norm for for a few years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I still just don't think it's it's just not a good look. Like in the end is it going is it going to really have a huge impact on the league as a whole that Todd cannot isn't the coach at Mankato? Probably not. But in the time, you know, at the time, you know, it I think if you are a league that wants to compete at the national level and the best team in your league uh is having their top candidate for head coach you know, go to another league to be their assistant coach. Uh, it, it's, I mean, I just don't think it's a, it's the best look. You know? I think, I do think the bigger problem long-term is that without my tastings in the league, there is the possibility that because the league quote unquote should be easier to win, that there's perception that maybe some of the teams that are striving were striving to catch Mankato don't have to don't have to put in as much effort anymore to try and catch Mankato that they that the league might take a step back because they're not chasing Mankato anymore. That could be a problem longer term if if it plays sure. out that way. Uh sure could, but I know that there's gonna be a lot of shakeup here with Mankato with a lot of players leaving their coaching staff turning over. But I, I think overall they're going to come out on the other side of this just fine. And if you're asking me, they're, they're McNaughton champions and they're uh, Mason cup champions until they're proven otherwise. And I know, I know we're doing like a way too early thing and losing Hastings is a huge deal. Cannot not taking the job also a huge deal. And just to take a quick sidestep, I thought, 
Harrison Watt was absolutely right. That is just a very weird look media wise that uh, Mankato decided to publish that cannot turn the job down. Maybe try to stay in front of that narrative, I guess, but that still seemed like a very odd look. But I don't know. At the end of the day, like to me, they're still the Mavericks. I'd love to see them take a step back just because that probably means that, like Tyler was saying, there's a crack in the door. Let's bust it down and be the number one team now. But uh, it's the opportunity's you know, I'm, I'm, there. Yeah, opportunity's there. I, just, I, I hope they do it. But at the end of the day, for me, Mankato is still Mankato until someone else tells them they're not. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just it. There, there's a lot, a lot riding on this hire because. Yep. I'm not saying Mankato can't succeed, <laughs> but but the, the the other problem is too is Mankato has to see, like, a, I know somebody will take the job, but at the same time, you never want to be the guy that replaces the legend. That's a very tough spot to be, and Hastings is obviously a legend for what he did at Minnesota State. So so replacing him, especially with all the turnover they've had, the early departures, the potential lost recruits that Hastings could pull with him to Mankato or to Minnesota or to Wisconsin. Like or just or decide to go somewhere else because Hastings isn't there. I mean, yeah, I I we don't know the situation on some of the better recruits. I assume all of them have NLI signed, which they're still beholden to until released so i'm assuming the school will attempt to keep them signed until they hire a coach and the coach has a chance to convince them to stay uh committed but much like we talked about the wisconsin job like it'll be interesting to see where this goes i i've read some of the stuff that that dan myers has pushed and um and micheletti's posted a lot about what he thinks and I know some of it's wishful thinking. I keep seeing uh, mentions of Western's head coach because he's from Minnesota, and I I don't see him. He's a Western grad. I don't see him leaving Western in the NCHC to come to Mankato. Uh, that flips the that flips the script completely if you go if then Mankato turns around and pulls a head coach from NCHC. In my yeah, opinion, that, that that would be something else. If they could do that, that would that would be a lot. Um. I've seen both uh, um, Patalny mentioned if he wants to get uh, uh-huh. take a different job to be closer to Minnesota and, and show maybe he feels like he wants to get back to the state of Minnesota and feel like he can recruit a little better in his backyard uh, versus trying to get kids to go up to Northern. Um I've seen Witten mentioned. I'm sure he will apply based on everything we've seen from him over the years with with uh, trying to use Lake State as a stepping stone to another job, it feels like. Um, and we've talked about the state of Lake State that we don't know. It's not even about how long it has a hockey team. It's how long it has an institution, period, with the, with the enrollment and everything going on there. So fully see him doing that and and um but then you go back and you look at there are a lot of great associate head coaches throughout the nchc that that should get a look here whether it's jason herder who's been was a big part of what happened at minnesota duluth and is now the head uh, associate head coach at uh, western um uh, kevin fisher who's the associate head coach at penn state 
um, who's Dallas Ferguson is the top assistant, I believe, out at Denver. Um, I honestly don't know who who would be there from uh, from St. Cloud and or uh, Minnesota Duluth, but I'm sure there are quality candidates on those staffs that could be considered. I haven't looked that much because it's Mankato. I don't care that much, but <laughs> what about um, Alaska Fairbanks head coach guy? I forget his name. Yeah. Eric Largan or, uh, or Lang from AIC. This could be his stepping stone to a better job. I could see that happening. Um, there's a lot of things that could happen here. And I think a lot of them will look good for Minnesota state, but it's, it's going to be a big step with how much turnover they've had as a team. Um, and the expectations that'll be put on him from the fans and from, from administration because of what Hastings did. Um, and I, and I get what you're saying, Matt, but like, I, I, I feel like this is, this is way different than last year where we said they're, they're the team until they prove otherwise, because it just, the turnover. I, I mean, obviously they have the trophies right now and hopefully they actually put them someplace where fans can see them this year, but um, yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see who they can get, what they do, and what kind of staff they build, and how quickly they can can get a handle on things. With the the other thing that you have to remember too is, unlike when when Suzanne hired Joe, uh, like the clock is ticking on the portal. If he doesn't get hired, if they don't hire a guy in the next couple of weeks, they can't really use the portal. Um to backfill any of the positions that they, that they feel like they need or, or whatever, because it's a 60 day window from uh, regional. We are from selection Sunday, right? Wasn't that what it is? So the clock's ticking on the portal. Um, obviously it's already kind of started to be picked over. And it seems like a lot of the guys in the portal uh, lately are more, um, I don't, I guess the guys that are left in the portal at this point feel more like the guy who isn't getting the playing, playing time he wanted at his current team, or there's some grad transfers left, like the ones we talked about on defense. But a lot of the other guys are just, you know, one, two point guys or whatever versus uh-huh. the, the the more skilled players that are trying to get a better opportunity. There, there's, there are still some out there. I mean, and not, see, that, there's a not few that some of these the guys can't be the next Jack Works, too, where, like, going from being a sophomore defenseman at North Dakota and only getting three points uh, and being able to come in and play somewhere else and maybe get a different role and expand your, your role, like, that that can be something. Um, but I don't know what to think of North Dakota and their defense. I mean... I don't. Did you guys see the the tweets about how their entire blue line either graduated, got a pro deal, or is transferring? Mm-hmm. Yeah, whole new. Uh, you know decor. what? The the more North Dakota is irrelevant, the happier I am. So hopefully <laughs> they can keep it up. Way to go, everybody! We did it. <laughs> That's my position on on matters. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. But I think anytime you think North Dakota is irrelevant, it's only a matter of time before they rise back up again yeah that's why so, i try to savor it and enjoy it yeah. while i can and if we no, can so have it for say, a sustained en- period of enjoy time, it while it lasts <laughs> we can have it for a sustained period of time like i don't know two years which is a pretty long time for them i'm gonna like i'm gonna savor it 
yeah. that's a good idea. <laughs> Anything else we want to talk about? Or are we good? I think we're good, and I got to take a mad poop, so I'm happy we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you that's for sharing. Cool. You got to leave. You got to leave that on. Don't be editing that oh, out. Well. All right. Uh, well, that should do Nick, it. For... Oh no, talk about Dustin. Justin, you have the review oh. to read. I do. I have to read this. We have a new review from uh, last week, shortly after the regional, I believe we got this. And it was a very, very nice one. It was a very nice one. We better read that. It was heartwarming. No backhanded bitty, no backhanded bitty compliments in this one. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I appreciate so a backhanded bitty compliment. Well, the good news is I don't think he can rate us five stars again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a five-star review from Italy Puck. There's no confirmation on whether or not Italy Puck is actually from Italy, though. (laughs) All right. I learn an awful lot about college hockey from this podcast. It's not just about MTU, but also the CCHA. Very informative without talking down to listeners. So thank you to Italy Puck for the very kind words. Um, We appreciate the five-star review. Yeah, thank you. I think we talked long enough. We will talk about the bus and all that stuff some more once I actually get the bills paid and can kind of give you guys a wrap up. But we're going to take the time on on our next podcast to thank all of them. Um, Just to give you a little heads up on what our plan is for the offseason here. We are going to try very hard to stay on top of things here and try and get a podcast about every other week because that's the only way we're going to get through this. And we're going to try and do the next nine episodes to be one of the CCHA coaches each of the next nine episodes. We're hoping to get Bob Daniels on in two weeks. And unlike the rest of them, that one's probably going to focus more on being a part of the selection committee and how that process played out and maybe try and get some info about how they thought through things to put Michigan Tech in Allentown. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Uh, We've got various levels at various price points. Please sign up and support the podcast. It helps us get more equipment to better do things like uh, recording live at Allentown. Uh, We'd like to do more things like that and and just getting us the equipment makes things a lot easier. Uh, you guys are doing awesome on supporting us so far, but the the more you can, the the better off we can be on on providing you more things and and maybe trying to get uh, one of the other things we're trying to do with the money you guys is basically get access to raw stats without parsing them from CHN and USCHO or whoever, so that we can we're hoping in the next year to basically resurrect college hockey stats as it was maybe with a few uh, ads related to tech hockey guide and and put it on tech hockey guides website so that the stats are nice and formatted the way they used to be on college hockey stats. So you, so you guys can kind of use that again. Um, Cause I really miss how it was and how we can use it. So the more you guys can support us, the easier it'll be for us to do that. Um, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. I've been trying to post that Patreon post as a public post so anybody can go comment. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We make a little more money if you do it on Spotify. So if you don't care, pick Spotify. 
Um, if you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people you can reach. So tell your friends. Uh, if you give a five-star rating like Italy Hockey, is that what it was? Italy Puck. Italy Puck. There we go. Better get it right. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Hickey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. And finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha